Hi everybody, I am Peter Travers. Welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening in the culture. And my guest today, Melissa Benoist, is not only Supergirl, and not only does I mean, a lot of jobs, you do a lot of things, <laughs> but now has decided to do eight performances a week on Broadway <laughs> as Carol King in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. So I, welcome to the show. Thank you for you having me. You look ready to take on the world this um debut on Broadway yeah. has got to be hugely exciting. Absolutely. It was what I always wanted before I got into television and film whatsoever. All I did growing up was theater and musical theater specifically. And being on Broadway was always my dream. So this is sort of wish fulfillment. So there's nothing left then. There are no, there are no mountains for you I've to climb. I've done it. <laughs> Do you have any nerves yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah. It depends on who's in the audience. If I don't know anyone there, it's fine. But my opening night uh, was... Uh, <laughs> you could say I, I, I had an out-of-body experience. The first five minutes of being on stage and prior to being on stage, I, did, I didn't know if I was going to make it. <laughs> what? There's a lot of moving parts in this show. Yeah, and there's a lot to remember. And I haven't sung live in a really long time. Um, plus, you know, there's piano and it, you're right. It's a lot of components that you have to kind of keep up here for three hours. And I don't stop moving. What did you know of Carol King growing I up? I grew up listening to her music. We would take road trips. I didn't fly in a plane until I was like 15 years old. So we drove everywhere. Um, and we would take turns every hour on the hour. A different member of the family got to pick the music. Mm -hmm. So my mom always picked Tapestry and other Carole King albums. And Linda Ronstadt, uh, Bonnie Raitt, and singer-songwriter women. Well, sure, but what were you picking? Carly Simon. I picked, like, at the time, mm -hmm. Broadway musical soundtracks okay. right. and Disney soundtracks. And <laughs> But I would sometimes pick Carole King. King. My sisters and I all loved her. Um, so I grew up from the time I can, I, as long as I can remember, my mom played her music. I didn't know any of her personal life, though, mm -hmm. which I well, only learned do. doing research, yeah, yeah. To, for this show. Beautiful's the beginning of her. It's the Brill Building. It's her yeah. writing these incredible songs as if they're nothing. It's right. like, okay, today I'll do... Will you still love me tomorrow? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, exactly. I, uh, this afternoon, I'll do something else. It's creative genius on a dime. And also going through her marriage and yeah. the difficulties of that and making yep. all that come together. What? Yeah, it's a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. I mean, I mean what, the story that we're telling in this show, is it spans like a decade, mm -hmm. uh, but a little bit more than that. And we stop at the forefront of kind of her jumping off the precipice into her solo career and open and releasing tapestry which obviously changed her life and there's a sense in this show and what's really moving about it is that she learns to be independent yes. as a woman it is finding her self and her femininity and what being a woman means to her and empowerment and individuality Owning it. That's right, because it's sort of great to see. She was taking care of everybody else. I mean, she started, it was the late 50s, I guess. Right. And then into the 60s, where yeah. she had the dream, I'll be 
I'll write these songs, mm -hmm. and maybe later I'll sing them. Right. <laughs> But I'm going to be a wife. I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to. These are my jobs. These are my main. And jobs. that's what she wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do think that that makes her very happy uh, and fulfilled. How did this all start for you? Denver, where I grew up, actually has a really big theater scene, and um, a lot of amazing artists there. And I uh, kind of grew up doing children's theater and dinner theater. And um, well, that should prepare you for everything. If you can do dinner theater, <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> Even more than summer stock, I'm telling you, we used to rehearse a show for a week, have two days of tech rehearsal, and then we would run for three months. And I was doing that when I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> It's great because in dinner theater, you can't tell what that audience is going to do. No. <laughs> they can and be sometimes they've eaten a weird, like, fish in a pan and aren't feeling well. Like, it's just, they're, you it's have very to just, unpredictable. You have to plow through that. <laughs> But you also, you worked in... Disneyland too, right? You We did. Well, that wasn't even work. That was I was in a show choir, so Glee was very. I knew that mm -hmm. world. I didn't do show choir through my school. I did show choir through this dance studio that I took classes at, and we traveled to Disneyland every year. It was kind of the most fun I think I'll ever have in my entire life because it was me and twenty of my closest friends. We were all weirdo theater geeks <laughs> that only understood each other. Love you all. It's a perfect yeah. way to be. Yeah. And then we would just run around Disneyland together. Well, what were you performing? Were we you performed medleys of musicals. We did a. Where? Where was this? There happening? are stages that no one. I mean, no <laughs> one watches these shows because everyone's too busy riding rides. But right. it was like this penultimate, like pinnacle for us that we were performing at Disneyland. They have stages in each park, and we would do like Sondheim medleys. Like one of my no. solos was "Send in the Clowns" at Disneyland. How? Wait a minute. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to think of all these angst-ridden Sondheim songs, and and you're on the stage now of the Stephen Sondheim theme. I know. Wow, it's such an irony Full that circle. you come, you have you've really made it. So you're singing "Send in the Clowns." To a bunch of families who were waiting online for the next ride. Yeah. Wow. Waiting Then for Broadway's Dumbo. nothing for you. <laughs> Dinner theater, <laughs> standing there, <laughs> doing that, and wondering if anyone is listening to me. No one was. <laughs> no no one, was. one was. Well, it must have been that Ryan Murphy was hanging out at Disneyland. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope Hearing not. you do send in the clowns and said, <laughs> I must have Melissa on Glee. Is that how it happened? Uh, you know what? It would be a much better story if it did happen that way. <laughs> But it's a lot, the way it happened is less exciting. Really? It yeah, was just... I was going to college in New York. Mm -hmm. um, at this school called Marymount Manhattan on the yeah. Upper East Side. And uh, I had started auditioning and um, got called in to Jim Carnahan's office and never in my wildest dreams expected it to happen. Because I had seen Glee and I knew... I, I, every time I watched it, I was like, well, I know these kids. I was one of them. <laughs> I know this world. And... Uh, I mean, I had a pretty drawn-out process. I screen-tested three times for that show, I think. 
And three times doesn't seem like much, given that. No, but it's stressful. Yeah. For a month, you're auditioning over and over and over again and meeting networks. And I also was so unfamiliar with that. Mm-hmm. The television sphere. I had no knowledge of it. I was very naive to what went into that process. Uh, and then all of a sudden, within a month, I had packed a suitcase with almost all my clothes and never really left L.A. for a couple of years. <laughs> I mean, was it, was it an easy transition for you to come into a show that everybody already knew each other and were functioning as this unit? I mean, it was... It was I, I wouldn't qualify it as easy because that job was difficult just mm-hmm. in essence because we had, on top of filming... 23 episodes we had rehearsals and we had to record music and we had to record dance numbers which takes a lot of time and effort uh and it was really established so i was kind of thrown into the ring so to speak also really hardly ever working on camera so it was a huge learning curve for me (laughs) to say the least and I had some, I had some epic fails. I'll be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah. What was the most stressful moment you had on Glenn? Well, <laughs> I mean, there were moments where I like didn't know that you had to stand on a mark. I just <laughs> thought you could make up new blocking for every. What was take. that thing on the floor? <laughs> oh, you want me to? I have to do that every time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like I just. No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm concentrating on too many other things. <laughs> Um, and there, and just technical things. Like there was one time I. This was one of the most embarrassing moments of my career. Mm-hmm. Still, uh, I wanted to. They the first AD was very sweet and was like, "Oh, you can yell action this time," because he knew how new I was. And I was standing right under the boom mic, and I didn't realize. So I yelled action at the top of my lungs, and the boom operator had his headphones on. <laughs> And he dropped, his knees buckled. I thought I'd burst his eardrums. I thought I had made this poor man go deaf. I, it was uh, traumatizing. But you're fast friends to this day. Yeah, actually, his name is Patrick. You've made up to them. I remember an episode of Glee, which is funny because it's a strange irony, where you were in some, was it Wonder Woman outfit? Her name was... was Woman Fierce. Well, that's a great name. (laughs) Where's that series? (laughs) Okay. Fierce. Woman Fierce. Fierce. See, I think you have to be careful each thing you do because it's going to come back. There you are singing Send in the Clowns to No One. Yes. And now at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. (laughs) Then you're Woman Fierce. I didn't realize how precious that was. And then you're Supergirl. (laughs) I would just be watching everything where that happens. Well, what is this experience for you now playing? This is season four you're going into. Yeah. On the CW. It's the most... Is it fun flying around? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the most challenging job I've ever had. It's so physically taxing and, and involved. Um, and it's really pushed my limits of, you know, what I can, what I'm capable of. Um, and creatively too, because essentially, 
the comic book genre can be very formulaic, but our show, what I am very proud of is that it has so much heart. And taking a character that is as iconic as she is and mm-hmm. has been around since the 50s and has had all of these iterations of, of, you know, hairstyles and outfits and personalities and uh, dilemmas that she faces, it's uh, sometimes daunting to bring that to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the pressures have been challenging, too, because... Every day I go to work, I, I, I think of my audience and what we're saying to them. And it's young girls mm-hmm. that I do the show for. Mm-hmm. That's just it. I know that there are fans in other demographics. Yeah, but I know when I watch it, you're not doing it for me. <laughs> I accept. <laughs> you're the fine. exception. That's right. <laughs> but... We have conversations every day, too. It's, so, it's very important to me, especially, that what we're saying and the messages we are portraying to these girls are ones of empowerment and optimism and hope. Um, and so that's been really challenging, too. Well, what do the audience of girls that see you, do they recognize you immediately and say? No, not, not always. In my day-to-day life, it's very normal, and I don't get recognized very often. I do, obviously, outside of the stage door, I have mm-hmm. been. Um, I don't know. I blend in really easily, I think. I, th- I always have. I, I think it's kind of interesting, too, that you did that episode where we had the musical version of Supergirl and The Flash. Yeah. Yeah, we did that. <laughs> we tap danced. We were tap dancing superheroes. <laughs> where did that come from? Well, Greg Berlanti, our executive yeah. producer, is a m- massive theater fan. Mm-hmm. He actually went to college. for He went to an art school um, and I think wanted to be an actor first and then started directing. So he, I think that was his idea and he's always wanted to do it. And he casts a lot of people on his universe the uh, on the CW are musical theater people. Mm-hmm. There's Victor Garber and... Um, Grant Gustin is very talented. Carlos on The Flash, he was in Once on Broadway. There's a lot of theater actors. Yeah, a lot of Glee people also yeah. found. Yeah, Darren Chris was in the episode. A- um, yeah, it's a lot of musical people. Did, did you guys all say when it wasn't you people who came up with the idea, it was Greg, so yeah. <laughs> you said... Is this a little bizarre? Yeah, we had a few moments before we started shooting where Grant and I would maybe look at each other and be like, "This is—is is this going to be really silly? <laughs> is this going to work?" And then we started filming, and I lost any fear I had because we were having such a good time. We were having so much fun filming it that there was no way that at least it wouldn't make someone smile. And no flying. No flying. No. <laughs> no stunts. Is that horrible to be in that thing, that rig? It can be painful. Oh. <laughs> there have been days where I've actually gotten it down now to sort of a science. We have sort of a, like, three strikes and you're out policy. So they get three takes of each setup. Because it can be really painful. It's fun for, like, the first mm-hmm. hour and a half. And then you're like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> many times in my back <laughs> so you're in a stationary position and doing what just like going yeah, i'm like yes. attached to a fork essentially 
and on hip picks. It's the same system that they used for um, Christopher Reeves. The, the technology it's hasn't it has, changed. It hasn't changed or improved. No. I, I mean, <laughs> it there's, it's easier. improved because it's all green and they can, like, do yeah. crazy CGI stuff to it. But I'm still, like, just in hip picks attached to the ceiling and they're kind of waving me around. And um, now I have, you know, you have to hold yourself horizontally and that's a lot of effort and you core stabilization and I hate planking, so... <laughs> it, sounds like, it sounds like some Olympic training. <laughs> do, this, do I have to fly in this episode? Why not go to a song? Well, I have to fly in every episode. So we've had, now we consolidate it to one day. It's great because, you know, it's flying when day. you get to season four, you figure out, you get a routine for these kinds of yeah. things and they get easier. It's flying day. So it's great to have you on this show. First time here, so you don't know. We always end in a snippet of song. No, no, no! I didn't know that. No, don't panic. No, it's I'm a, so excited. That made me so it's happy. So great. <laughs> does it? It's great. Everybody does it. So, is there a song in your heart? Is there some Carol King song that you sing in this that's just the gentle that hits you, that resonates for you? My favorite song to sing is "It's Too Late." Really? Mm-hmm. Can you give us a taste of that? Stayed in bed all morning just to pass the time There's something wrong here, there can be no denying One of us is changing or maybe we've just stopped trying (laughs) (laughs) I love it, thank you so much Thanks for having me Melissa, you're a joy to talk to Likewise Great to see you (laughs) Good to see you